Welcome to the Take It or Leave It, an advice-ish podcast for parents. You can download this podcast on iTunes and Google Play Music. I'm your host, Meredith, from That's Inappropriate. And I'm your host, Tiffany, from Juggling the Jenkins. This podcast will discuss all things marriage, motherhood, and everything in between. Please remember we are not professionals at anything you may actually need. So, (laughs) any advice we give you, you can take or leave because it might be crap. So, welcome to Take It or Leave It. On today's episode of Take It or Leave It, we are getting personal and addressing the mental state of motherhood. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss previous, current, or upcoming episodes like when we discussed placentas and other people's kids. We are here because we've all struggled as moms. Anyone who says they haven't is a liebagger. Oh, let's just do random facts. Favorite color? Purple. I knew that. Uh, Favorite restaurant? Mi Pueblo. Oh, okay. Uh, Favorite movie? Elf. Jesus Christ. Okay. Don't you judge me. (laughs) All right. Favorite book? Twilight. Oh, I thought you were going to say my own. I... Yours? No, yours. Scoop the poop. No, yours. I thought you were going to say my own book. No, I was no, teasing. I forgot I wrote a book. I forgot. It's I... still weird. Yeah. Um, what about you? You have to answer these too. What's your favorite color? Teal. I mean, no hesitation. Clearly. <laughs> Next. What's your favorite restaurant? Oh, man. Pioneer's Pizza. Is that where you took me on our first yes, date? Yes. On our first date. I love pizza. Your favorite position of work? That you've done. A day off. <laughs> I was about to give you my favorite position. That's what I was going for. All right. I switched it at the last You night. did. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get started because these shenanigans. Okay. We got to get serious. We have to get serious. And we're on a time clock today. What? Because of you. Oh. Right. <laughs> what? I, don't, I can't handle that kind of pressure. Yeah. So let's start the show with a mom fail moment. All right. Um. So I have one that happened this morning. Um, It's not. Long story short, Mm. my kid's school has been asking me for weeks to bring sippy cups, Mm. which at the time when they're asking me, I'm like, oh, yeah, totally. I got them. I got you. We'll we'll bring it tomorrow. And then somehow between the time that I leave the school and get to the car, it just deletes from my memory Mm. and I forget until the next day. And then I have to make up this elaborate lie of why I don't have it. So today my husband reminded me this morning, he's like, we got to get the kids cups. And I was like, Oh, so literally I sent poor Caden to school with an, I'm a pretty princess cup <laughs> to drink out of because it's the only one we had because I wasn't prepared. So he had this bright pink cup and he was like pissed. He's like, this is for girls. And I'm like, Hey, genders no no color it's 2018 right okay you could be a pretty princess if you want to yeah like, trying to make it better but he doesn't understand anything i said so right i had to explain to the teacher like you know it's not a new age thing we're trying to do it's i just i'm a bad mom that's what this boils down to basically. it's hard to remember all the crap you need to bring in i remember one of the best things ever was when the daycare we were at started supplying diapers and wipes obviously at an astronomical fee but then i wasn't forgetting them right because right. like i forgot them all the time mm-hmm. and they'd be like oh, we had to steal a diaper out of so-and-so's <laughs> cubby today because your child had an f7 diarrhea explosion yeah could you please bring in some diapers and then eventually they were just like just charge her fifty dollars like <laughs> She's never bringing in diapers. Uh, that's so funny. I'll pick Chloe up. She'll be in her brother's shirts and shorts. And I'm like, what's going on? They're like, yeah, we asked you to bring a change of clothes. You didn't. So this is what we had to resort to. Yeah. So, thanks. Yeah. Well, it happens. We There's too many things on our mind constantly to yeah. remember all of this stuff. Yeah. And what I think is sad is that we always feel like we're failing when we when we do that. But in reality, there's just too much to be done. Yes. So, you know, you got to pick, you got to pick your battles. They should really invent like a calendar reminder app or something. Right. So that Wouldn't that be remember great? Remember all this. It's ridiculous. Yeah. A little dingling in your ear to tell you. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, a ding, a ling in your you ear. Said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you said reminder app. That's the first thing that popped into oh, my mind. my Lord. All right. Just kidding. You're not. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, why did the scarecrow win the Nobel prize, Meredith? I don't know, but you're going to tell me (laughs) because he was outstanding in his field. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my yes, God, you that's laughed funny. at that one. That one was funny. Yeah, that's the one I came up it with. It was stupid funny, but it was funny. I like it. I'm just kidding. I didn't laugh come up with it. Okay, so today in trending news, we are going to talk about something um, that is very near and dear to my heart. Um, because it is something I personally struggled with, and I know a lot of people out there have struggled with it. Some probably still are, um, and don't know how to talk about it. So I'm Mm -hmm. really stoked we're talking about it today. Yes. So in today's trending news, more and more celebrities have been coming out and discussing that they have dealt with postpartum depression. For example, Serena Williams has opened up about it and was quoted in People Magazine saying, I think people need to talk about it more because it's almost like the fourth trimester. It's part of the pregnancy, she explained. I remember one day I couldn't find Olympia's bottle and I got so upset I started crying because I wanted to be perfect for her. A few other celebrities have experienced similar things like Alyssa Milano and Alanis Morissette. And uh, I too personally have struggled with postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. I have a history of depression in general. Uh, However, when I had my son... Everything was wonderful and it was great. And I had to keep like buying bigger SD cards because I was taking so many photos of his newborn baby face, like in the same position. I was so obsessed with him. Yeah. And so when I decided to have another child, I thought that it would be the same thing. And it was the exact opposite Mm -hmm. when Chloe was born. She was, she had colic and acid reflux Mm -hmm. and those two things alone, for me, it was impossible to bond with her because all she did was scream. Yeah. And I don't care, like, who you are. It's mentally impossible to create a loving bond with something that is just a ringing fire alarm in your ear all day. And so it got to a point where I started to resent her. Mm-hmm. And I started questioning, why did I do this? Why did I have another child? This was a terrible idea. She's a terrible kid. I don't want to be her mom anymore. And that kind of trickled over to Caden as well, because he was just entering um, the two-year-old stage where he couldn't express himself. So I was so frustrated. And I was resentful not only towards my kids, but towards my husband as well, because he got to go off to work all day. And he had no idea about the chaos that was ensuing behind closed doors at our house. And I was angry. And I, it got to a point where I would dread waking up. I have to wake up tomorrow and change their diapers and be their mom and feed them. And I don't want to do it. So I wouldn't go to sleep because I didn't want to wake up the next day. And there was a day where I was like, this is it. I'm leaving. I wanted to leave my house and shut the door behind me and leave them in there and never come back. And I mean, I was this close and I ended up calling my doctor and I was like, Hey, is it normal to not want to be a mom anymore? Because I'm broken. I can't do it. And they got me in immediately. And I just let it all out. Everything that I had been holding in for so long, I told the nurses and the doctor and he wasn't even phased by it. It was like he had had this conversation a million times before. And I knew that what postpartum depression was a thing because they gave me paperwork about it. Right. But I didn't think it would ever happen to me. So him and I worked out a plan and I began working on myself. I kept it in for so long because I was ashamed. I didn't want people to think I was a bad mom. I didn't want my husband to regret having kids with me. How do you explain you don't want to do this anymore? It's supposed to be the most joyous time in your life. And it's the darkest, one of the darkest times. So it's a very confusing thing. But I'm really grateful that these celebrities are coming out and talking about it and bringing awareness to it because I think the more people that share their truth, the more we can help chip away at the stigma that there's something wrong with somebody for feeling this way. Can I ask you a couple of questions about your story? Yeah. So how old was Chloe when you finally reached out and called the doctor? Um, I would say around four months old. Four months. Okay. Yeah. All right. And I know about the colic and the and the acid reflux. My first I didn't sleep for six months Mm. and I feel, I feel you on that. And it was the most exhausting and you do, you feel terrible because it's like, this isn't fun. This Mm -hmm. isn't joyous. This kid, it felt like an angry house guest that I needed to evict. So I understand you in that respect completely. Can you elaborate on any other symptoms? So people who, who are listening, maybe who might, might think like, is this baby blues or is this postpartum? Like, 
could, do you know where, when you cross the line into this is absolutely not normal and I need to be, I need to be evaluated? Yeah, I think that it is common to be stressed out and exhausted mm-hmm. once you have a child. I don't think it's normal to resent the child for existing, not want to touch the child, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and not want to be a mom anymore. Like I literally wanted to turn in my mom card and give up. And we've actually um, got a, I've got eight things that you can watch out for to determine whether or not you may be experiencing postpartum depression as opposed to just the regular baby blues. Mm -hmm. But really quick, there's also different variations of postpartum depression there. I have a friend who had postpartum psychosis where she was seeing things and hallucinating and having violent thoughts towards her children. And in that case, she didn't want to come forward because how do you explain that? I want to harm this baby. Right. Um, and that is something that's very serious also. Um, so there's a few different variations, but looking into it and researching it, I think is important so that you know where you're at. So, for example, it's common to have a dip in mood during your baby's first two weeks. After that, you should feel better. But if you're still sad or even hopeless weeks later and the feelings are growing intense, that's probably more than just the baby blues. Mm -hmm. Sadness or guilt, consuming your thoughts, feeling upset once in a while is normal. But if you have crying spells or you often feel unhappy about being a parent, you're often down on yourself as a mom. These may be among the first signs of postpartum depression. I'm wondering... If maybe we could take a call from somebody who has experienced something similar, what they did, were they afraid to talk about it, what happened once they did, or if somebody's currently struggling, Mm -hmm. um, maybe we could talk to somebody and see where they're at so that they can show others too that they're not alone. Yeah. And, and so tell, so tell me while we wait for a caller, were you sharing any of this information with your husband? No. Nothing. Mm -mm. He had no idea that you were at your wits end. Um, well, I would, I would walk around the house huffing and puffing and I would say I'm stressed, but I don't think he understood that it was more than just an exhausted mom. Right. Because I had been like that for a while, you know, with two kids under two years old, it's inevitable that you're going to be exhausted and losing your mind. But it crossed over when it got to the point where I dreaded waking up in the morning. Right. But I couldn't tell him. I didn't want him to regret having kids with me. I didn't want him to think I was a bad mom. He had a child with somebody before me. Mm -hmm. So I, in a weird way, I was like comparing myself and I'm like, I have to be better than her. I can't let him know that I feel this way. I don't think that's weird at all. I think that's an absolutely normal response to have on top of the fact that I think as women, when we become moms, we're supposed to automatically know what we're doing. Mm. And I think that's such a, uh, a, a, a false reality is that the right way to say that like it's not that's not whatever ha- like nobody knows what they're doing right and i think because we're we're supposed to innately take care of this child and innately do all of the things that we're supposed to do but it doesn't work that way right and there is so much self doubt mm-hmm. when becoming a mom and then if you're having these feelings and you can't share it with the o- the one other person on the planet who you're like that connected to right you just feel completely isolated. Yes. A lot of people are suffering in silence. And so I'm, I'm glad that people are talking about it. Um, we have a caller. We have uh, Cassidy from Washington State. Hi, Cassidy. Uh, yay. Welcome to the show, Cassidy. Hello. <laughs> oh, sorry. I couldn't hear you at first. That's no, I think oh. it, he's turning it up. Are you there? Uh, yep. We, we gotcha. So why don't you tell okay, us, cool. why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? Did you suffer with postpartum? Yeah, well, I suffered. So my, um, so I had my daughter in November, and then my mom passed away six weeks later. Oh, I'm sorry, Cassidy. I know how tough that is. Sorry, you're it's okay. you're fine. You're fine. I totally understand. That's two two extremely life changing events in a six week period had to completely rock your foundation. Right. Yeah. So it was like not only are you doing new mom stuff because I only have my one daughter, but your whole world changes. Wow. <laughs> how do, how do, so, go ahead. Sorry. sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, so it's like, it was, sorry, it was so um, confusing for me trying to figure out what is what, what am I 
that about? Right. You know? Right. And luckily I have like the world's greatest husband. Oh. <laughs> so. so you reached out to him with these feelings? Yeah. Good. He, um, he was really good at, I mean, he's one of those guys who he loves kids and kids love him. Oh. <laughs> he actually, yeah, so he was like all about it. He took a month off work and just. <gasps> Wonderful. Basically, he just basically was her mom yeah. while I figured out my life. Oh my gosh, I have goosebumps. I, yeah, that's wonderful. I felt so bad because, you know, I'm I'm a mom, and with you can't essentially you can't even get out of bed. Mm. It's hard. It's hard. And so basically, it was just. I'm still. I mean, two years later, almost. I have my appointment with my GYN literally next week. And I'm going to, I plan on having a conversation with her about it because I'm finally getting out of this funk of what, <laughs> what's the matter, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I still, obviously, I still get upset. So it's like, what I realized I um, was having maybe more postpartum issues was when kind of like how Tiffany was explaining when you go into uh, your house or whatever and your kid is crying and it's just like you just walk away you're just like mm-hmm. you, you deal with it you know <laughs> like you don't even want to be a part mm-hmm. of trying to soothe and be a parent because it's just overwhelming for you and my OB had recommended seeing a therapist. And so I went and she was great. And it was funny. Her first question was like, why are you here? And I told her and it literally like took her back. She was like, oh my God, like all these, all these life changing things happening all at once. Right. And so I worked with some methods with her because it was getting to a point I mean, luckily, I never had any violent um, issues towards my daughter, but I was getting violent towards the sense of when I got frustrated, I was, like, hitting walls yeah. and kicking things. And, like, it was just so unlike me, like, two punches balls. <laughs> right. I totally get that. I remember thinking to myself, like, I I can understand why people get frustrated and shake babies. Like, and right. I know that sounds extreme, but that's how no. I felt at that time. I could understand why people did that. Right. And in your case, yeah, it's such a different situation because what is supposed to be the most joyful time of your life has suddenly become the most devastating. So right. I, I can't imagine the emotions associated with that, but I am so proud of you for reaching out and being truthful and talking your husband about it and getting help like you did exactly the right thing in that situation yeah and, and yeah it was it was crazy and three of my best friends are actually having kids this month <laughs> all all three of them wow and I keep te- I keep telling them I'm like here at our local hospital they have you watch a video about shaking baby syndrome you have to watch it before they discharge you and all of my friends were like why do we have to watch this and I'm like I know it seems crazy right but but you need to watch this because it goes through like all these things of like just putting the baby in their crib and walk away for 10 minutes, drink your coffee, calm down. Like, because you don't understand that these urges, they're common. And it's like, it seems ridiculous until you're in that position. Right. But, you know, you said something that I want to touch on real quick before we let you go. <laughs> you, we have this immediate reaction to feel guilt when somebody steps in to help us. Mm. So you said mm-hmm. your husband swooped in and he took care of the baby and you immediately then felt guilty for getting that, for getting that help when you did exactly right. what you needed to do. But because as women and wives and mothers, we automatically assume what we say, what we do, how we act, how we feel is wrong. Yep. And that right. you did, you did the exact thing that needed to be done that was in the best interest of you and the baby. And I congratulate you for, for doing that because we have to stop 
feeling guilty for those things yeah. because all you what what you were right. doing was being the best mom you could possibly be for her. Hey. So that's right. so and I still so, yes. do that. I remember unfortunately the first time and it's always the worst the first time the first time you like have to either give your baby so you can run errands or you have to go back to work or whatever and it's the first time that you have to rely on someone else to watch your kid my first time doing that my daughter was two weeks old and my mom was in the hospital I had to give my daughter to my mother-in-law for the day mm-hmm. and I had no choice it was like I literally I didn't even pack any of her stuff I was just like here's the stuff here's the key to my house like you have her for today because I'm dealing with crap and after that point it got easier trusting other people because I at the time had no other choice and so it's like once you find a person that you trust to care for your kid while you're gone just so you can get a cup of coffee at Starbucks by yourself for a half an hour it's it gets better and luckily I um, still have the best husband and mother-in-law and hopefully I hope everyone has someone. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. We truly appreciate it. And I know that that's going to help a lot of moms out there. So thank you for being so honest. Yeah. Thank you, Cassidy. Oh, oh, thank you. Have a good one, you guys. You too. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, it's got to be so tough. (sighs) I know what it's like to lose a mom in general, but you know, that close to a birth while such a huge life change. Another sign of postpartum depression is when you start to lose interest in things. You're Mm -hmm. not laughing anymore. You're not enjoying your favorite foods. You're not being affectionate with your partner, which I'm not sure about that one. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have postpartum and I'm not really doing that. But um, it's one of the signs of postpartum depression. Um, If you have trouble making decisions, maybe you're too tired to think straight. Maybe you just don't care. Don't maybe you just don't care. That's a big one, Um, because I think being too tired to think straight is a natural I, I agree. I don't, I, I think there are still days today and my, my baby is eight next week. And there are days when I am too tired to think straight, but, right. but that second part, that second piece, the not caring, not caring is a huge indicator of right. anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you can't decide whether or not to get out of bed, take a shower, change your baby's diaper, or take her for a walk. These may be early signs of postpartum depression. Yeah. Like I, I knew my kid had a dirty diaper but I didn't have the energy or the desire to change it. And that to some people's jaws are probably on the floor right now hearing that. But for me, it was my reality and I can't explain it. I could not find the, the strength to do it. And it sounds ridiculous, but I'm so glad that um, our last caller got some help for herself Mm -hmm. um, and reached out. Should we take another call? Do you think we probably have time for one more before segment two? Uh, so if somebody else is out there who has suffered or has any other tips or information about postpartum, you can feel free to call in right now. Yeah. I think that postpartum depression is something that when we're handed that pamphlet at either the hospital or the doctor's office, we want to kind of throw that one in the trash because yeah. it's not going to happen to me. Exactly. I, this isn't going to be my reality. Yes. I'm going to be an amazing mom. Yes. And it's just gibberish. That's so And true. so I think, unfortunately, it's something that is glossed over by by a lot of moms because, like most other things, it's not going to happen to me. Yes. I'm so glad you said I that. I won't go down this road. I've got this. I, I remember the guy coming in and giving me all that paperwork. You know how they're throwing a billion right. different things at you oh, after yeah. you have a baby? I remember him talking to me and asking me all these questions. And I'm like, listen... I'm fine. Everything's going to be great. I already right. had a kid. I know what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> but I think, man. I think especially when it's a subsequent birth, right? Right. Like I struggled a ton after my first baby, it wasn't postpartum depression, but I, I struggled because of his colic and his, um, acid reflux. And mm. I think it was just the no sleep that got me. Right. And, um, second baby, but we'll talk about my issue next in segment two, but you automatically assume after the first one, well, I was fine the first time. Yep. Why on earth would this happen now? Or for you, were you worried it was going to be hard the second one because you struggled the first time? Was there fear that it was going to be the same thing? I, I did. And she ended up being a delightful baby. So, so it's a bonus surprise. It, so Right. So I did. I struggled big time with number one. But you just you just don't know. Right. And I think we just assume because, because I'm the mom. 
I can handle all of this. Yeah. I can do, I can do all of the things all of the time. And that's not reality. Right. So we have Amanda from Ohio who has three chickens at home. <laughs> I wish I had chickens. Ah, hey, Amanda, how are Hi. you? I am, I am good. I actually, I can finally say I'm good. And listening to you guys talk about postpartum depression, I'm like, whoa, you just said you had three. And after the first, you struggled and you wondered if after the second would be any different. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because that was so me, but he wasn't delightful. <laughs> <laughs> and he was hard. My first child, I always joke, I always laugh. I'm like, he had me fooled. He he had me hoodwinked. Yep. I had I had another baby and I thought it was gonna be as easy as him and it wasn't. Mm. And by the time my third one came along, I walked into my midwife's office and couldn't even get the words out. And she's like, oh, no, no, we're not even going there. You need to be on this medication. You need to be going to somebody now. Yeah. And she saw it and she's like, no, no, no. And um, yesterday at MOPS, which okay, saved awesome. my life too. Awesome. We were talking about What's the adversity in mothering. What's that? Can you explain to her what mops Sorry. groups are? I want to be in the club. Oh. I want to know what's happening. It's it's mothers or preschoolers. Oh, they're all across the country. Hey, I'm a mop. You well, yeah, and you yeah. could find a local mop group in your in Sarasota. I'm positive they have them. They're all over the country. Wow. All Thanks right, for inviting they're me. Everywhere. <laughs> Sorry, go they're ahead. Everywhere. You can come to ours. We I'd love to. You fly to Ohio. <laughs> go mop it up. Yeah. <laughs> we're a short one hour flight. You can come. I'm like, this is my friend. Yeah. <laughs> but, but we were talking about how you use adversity. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, they call it antepartum depression. If you're depressed while you're pregnant. And I'm like, I've had it all. Yeah. So let's chat. Mm. And, and just sharing like other, other moms who are afraid to share that sort of thing because they feel like they aren't enough. When you say it, it's like, Oh yeah, me too. Exactly. And and so I think as soon as I figured out that that's what the problem was, it was freeing mm. because I knew I loved my kids and I knew I loved my husband. And you said about not being affectionate and not wanting to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I think my husband suffered because he's like, what is going on? Why? Why is this not? And, uh, and, well, and it's like, a big part times, of the relationship. Like, why don't you? That's non-existent. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Because there was a day when we finally realized my two boys, and I was pregnant with my daughter, that they, their daddy came home from work. He's like, how was your day? And my, my son looked at him and goes, mommy didn't eat us today. Aww. <laughs> like, Busted. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, something, something's not right. And that's not me. Like, So he knew now it. Now that... Yeah, he thought Earth, and I remember the first time he said anything, yelling and screaming, and just me—not him, me—right, <laughs> and me just like so defensive because no, that can't be me. I love my kids. I love being a mom. And wow. then it was like, then I went to the doctor and started crying before, and you hear them screaming in the background. <laughs> yeah. it sounds like my but, house. Those chickens are loud. <laughs> yeah, loud chickens. <laughs> and and. Like, I go to the doctor, and she's like, no, 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 this isn't happening this time. And this midwife, who had kids of her own at home, and it struggled. And it was just different. So you said you're doing okay now. You said you're doing good now. Is that yeah. right? Are you yeah. are, are you um, working on it, like, on a daily basis? Like, are you seeing – what worked for you? What changed? Um finding other people to talk to about it mm. and realizing that it was okay and that it, it, it's normal, you know? Right. Um, I did, I did take medication for a while, but it just weaned off of that as I was feeling better and the doctor and I talked about it and saw that, yeah, I was doing better and it was a good thing. And, well, and you have to have a plan yeah. to stop a medication. And and obviously you did yeah. the right thing by discussing it with the doctor yeah. first, because if you, you should always yeah. take your medication and, until you have that conversation, but that's awesome that you did. That. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, thank you so much for sharing. This yeah. is the kind of stuff that we yeah. need because moms, moms need to know that they, they are, 
they are, we're all going through the same stuff. And I think unfortunately when you had, when you are home with your first one, you don't, because you don't know what to expect, you don't understand that other people are going through the same thing that you are. So finding those groups like you have, the mops groups that are out there to to talk and, 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 and really share and have a conversation, uh, you know, it's great because you're a veteran mom, you have three. So sharing your story is, is important because your story is actually not your own. It's meant for someone else. So you need to tell that story because somebody else is supposed to hear it. And as long as that has taken place, it will continue on and move forward. And I, that's why I do what I do. And I'm almost positive. That's why Tiffany does what she does. Don't shake your head. (laughs) I know why you do what you do. And, and I think it's just very important that we continue to spread that message, right? No matter what it is that we're talking about, because, because, because we, we, owe that I think to our fellow our fellow um, women our fellow moms out there like you don't have to suffer in silence so thank you so much for for calling thank you thank you Mike you guys have a great day you and your chickens but that's what she said that it's so important to find support Mm -hmm. Um, because Mm -hmm. I think the greatest gift that anyone can be given is the words, you're not alone. I get it. You know what I mean? I've been there. And so surrounding yourself with people who understand and have found a way out is a huge part of getting help with any mental illness, not illness. What do you call it? Mental health. Mental with any mental affliction, mental health issue, any mental Mental health health issue. issue. I, I, I have all of them. You'd think I'd know how to pronounce it. But well, I think it's everybody knows what you're talking about. Right. So, yeah. So I think um, I think that that is fantastic that we shared about this. Yeah. And if anybody is listening right now and is like, whoa, wait a minute, maybe I might have this. I really encourage you to hop on. Well, be careful with Google. But if you look up the symptoms, you know, and see if it's something you can relate to. And most importantly, get with your doctor if there's any doubt, because it would be the greatest gift that you could give not only your children, but yourself by getting help, because they need their mom to be their mom at 100% and not a shell of the person that she could be. You know, if your cup's empty, you got to refill it. I love that you said shell. Because I think that you, I, I think anybody who's ever had depression or anxiety understands what that means to feel like a shell. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't wish it on my worst enemy. Yeah. Uh, but I, but I can tell you that that's, exa- and if you feel, if you are currently feeling like a shell of your former self, please reach out to your physician. Please reach out to a therapist, talk to your loved ones. Do not be embarrassed or ashamed. What you are going through uh, happens to so many. And by keeping it in, it will exacerbate the situation. So so do everyone around you what needs to be done and talk about it because yeah. you need that as well. You know, and like Tiffany said, it's better for everyone else because then they, they're going to get their mom back. Mm-hmm. So that's really what's what needs to happen. This okay. Is serious stuff. Man. Heavy today, but important, and we have to talk about it. Yes. So I'm so glad that we're doing it. Yeah. And Chloe's my favorite kid <laughs> now. It's so you ironic. You just went there. You went I'm there. Just <laughs> oh my. No, but I am obsessed with her. I can't even look at her without getting emotional. I, uh, it's so crazy to think. You know, at one point, I I regretted having her yep. at, at that time. Yep. But now I just, I'll eat her face with love. Yeah. I feel yeah. I, I feel yeah. I cried for three months when I found out I was pregnant with my third baby. Of joy? Tears of joy? No. Oh, nope. really? Three yeah. months solid. I ignored the pregnancy. It wasn't actually happening. Stop. No. Nope. Wow. I was done. In my head, I was done. I had my boy and my girl. I was at my appointment for my pre-op to get my tubes tied when I found out I was pregnant. No. Yup. They came in with a, they came in and said, congratulations. No. My husband is sitting right here. He can tell you. Yo. Yep. What? So you went in to confirm no more babies and they're like, baby. <laughs> I can't believe that. And it's his fault because. For he, numerous reasons. He was employee of the month. So you were celebrating. And so we had to go to this employee of the month dinner because he was such a great employee and it had an open bar. Wow, Dave. And it led to some couch sex. And he told me you can't get pregnant on a couch. 
<laughs> he used that one, huh? I'm just kidding. He didn't actually say that, but it, it's legitimately what happened. <laughs> oh my god! So for being honest, and then I was just like, no, 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 no. I, I, no. Where, where are we putting a third kid? Right. Like they won't even fit in the car. You know, like these are the thoughts I right. was having. But any, but anyway. So we'll get into that. We'll get into exactly what went through my mind in segment two here. Oh man. Okay. Oh, there's a whole other page. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm not oh, good at this. Oh, well, we have to go to the next one. You have one more to go. Oh, we're just skipping all this valuable information because oh. I dilly dallied. But I thought in this segment in parenting crap, we should talk about the overworked and underappreciated uh, because it is, we have the impending holiday season coming up. I, it's funny because when I was on Twitter yesterday, everybody was posting, not yesterday, the day before, October 1st. Everybody was tweeting about let the holidays begin. And there's something that literally clicks <laughs> too soon. No, I'm telling you something <laughs> clicks on October one and people are like, it's time to celebrate. What are we celebrating? Who has the presents? Oh my gosh. Why do we have eggnog? And so uh, s- holiday season starts. So I wanted to bring, I wanted to talk about some things that happened to me. Um, Cause Tiffany shared her story about postpartum depression and I am opening up and being honest about some things that I have not fully shared. I've talked a little bit about in the book, but um, I have suffered with chronic and constant anxiety after having kids. Once I had kids, I just started to become, be, I became an, an anxiety riddled mess. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with my first son having colic and uh, acid reflux. I kind of, I muddled my way through that. Then I had our, our second baby, our daughter, and she was actually a really, really good baby. She was fat and happy and it was wonderful. Um, but all of a sudden, uh, before she had turned one, um, in around this time of year, October, I started to just literally fear going out of the house. I feared going into the car with the kids because I was going to get into an accident. I Mm. feared about all of the things that normally you can keep under control. And it was right at the beginning of the holiday season. I was in the middle of starting Christmas shopping and, you know, I had a a toddler and like a nine month old and, and I was just running around and I was going crazy. I was, I was trying to get everybody's everything done. I was trying to help out my in-laws, my parents, my this, my that. And I was like, I can do it all. I can do it all. But everything started to kind of just close in on me. Mm. And so I went to my doctor's office and I was like, I, you know, I just have to talk to somebody about this, but I'm, I'm feeling overwhelmed and I'm feeling exhausted. I'm not sleeping. I'm literally going on maybe an hour of sleep a night and then I'm getting up and I'm, I'm going to work and I'm taking care of the kids. And he says to me, how many kids do you have? And I said two. And he goes, that's normal. It's normal. You're fine. You're fine. It's fine. And I remember leaving that doctor's office and just crying in the parking lot because I was like, he's basically telling me you're screwed that I, this is what life is supposed to be like. Mm -hmm. And you just have to be, be better. Right. Do better. Wow. Do better. And so I went home and I just cried to my husband and I said, he, he, I tried to ask for help and he told me I didn't need help, but I need help. And he says, no, no, you need, this is not normal. Like this is, this is not who you are. And I was this shell of another person, right? Mm. I wasn't, I wasn't me anymore. And so I called a different doctor up and I, and I went in and I said, this is what happened. And I talked to this doctor and, And, um, she said, no, 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 this isn't, this isn't normal. You shouldn't be feeling this way. It's not normal to not want to get in your car because you're worried about getting in a car accident with your kids. Like, this is not like we all drive every day and this is not like we, you don't need to be anxious about that. You don't need Mm -hmm. to be anxious about this, that, and the other thing. And so she put me on medication and so it actually took the edge off and I was able to kind of get through the holiday season And right as I got through the holiday season and my daughter turned one in February, I went in for this appointment for my tubal because I was done and I was starting to feel a little bit better. I'd been medicated October, November, December, January. I get into the doctor's office and she then tells me, you're pregnant. Mm. And I was like, no, 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 no. I no, I no, no, I can't do this. And then they said, you can't take this medication anymore. (gasps) So I had to stop my medication and I was, of course, I was talking to them about how I was feeling and what was going on because they were trying to figure out if they would need to medicate me, what was going to happen because there are, you can't take everything when you're pregnant. Right. And so I kind of muddled my way through that pregnancy and then I muddled my way through the next couple of years and, uh, it, 
the anxiety just finds its way to creep back in. And so a, a couple of times I had started and stopped medication. And then I thought that this would be a good time to talk to you guys about the fact that last month I went back to my doctor and I had a very open, very honest conversation about my feeling of overwhelm, my feeling of anxiety, my, my issue with sleep. And, you know, of course they ran every medical test that they could think of first, right? Cause they said, well, what are your symptoms? And I said, well, I feel yucky. And they said, well, what does yucky mean? And I said, well, I don't, I just, I feel blah. Mm -hmm. Like there's something wrong with me. I don't feel well. I don't feel right. Like you have to find what's wrong with me. I've had my thyroid tested. I've had every, every tube of blood you could draw that you could test for an autoimmune, a this, a that, or the other thing. And of course I had the kidney stone last month, which they said, okay, well, we'll check everything else out since you're telling me you just have this overwhelming feeling of yuck and anxiety. And so everything came back normal. And she looked at me and I looked at her and I just started to cry because I said, if everything's normal, why do I feel like I don't, I don't want to do anything? And I love jokes, right? You know, I love to tell jokes. I love to crack jokes. I didn't want to laugh. I wanted to just sit down and kind of shut the door and be left alone. Yep. And my husband was like, you, this you, you know, this needs to be discussed. So mm-hmm. you need to go talk to your doctor. And so I did. And so I have recently been back on the anxiety medication. And I can tell you that I am feeling much better. I um, st- have been working out again. I have been doing the things that my that I would normally be doing. It's not a, an end-all fix-all for, for everything because there are other things that I have to do. Medi- I have a meditation app. Mm. Um, my husband just got me a weighted blanket mm. for our anniversary, which you would think is an odd gift to give somebody for their wedding anniversary. But when your wife is anxiety riddled, yep. um, a weighted blanket is actually amazing yes. because I don't sleep and because of my insomnia. It uh, I don't know why it is that we like to feel weighted down mm-hmm. when we have anxiety. I guess it's like a thunder jacket for dogs, yes. but like a thunder jacket for people. And so it actually was the most... <sighs> That made sense. (laughs) It was the most wonderful thing in the world to feel that weight on me and just kind of feel like, like I said, a sterile hug. It was like, isn't it weird though? Because like the weight of the world is on us and it's overwhelming. So we put weight on us to make us feel better. I don't know how it works or why it works, but I'm telling (laughs) you magic. I'm telling you that it is magic. And I was so, I literally cried when he gave me that gift. And I know that it sounds silly because somebody would be like, why didn't you get, you know, some jewelry or what? It's like, no, no, no. That weighted blanket was him knowing the state of mind I'm currently in and listening to me Aww. as I'm Googling and WebMDing all of this and, and, and remembering, you know, my wife's, my wife's a mess. I need to help her. That's and, so sweet. And he did. And I'm telling you, I had a great night's sleep last night. So I, I'm loving this weighted blanket. And I'm just saying that, especially in the, when we're public people, Okay, right? Because we are. Mm-hmm. Where our faces are out there, our videos are out World there. World famous celebrity. World famous. Paparazzi. Right, right. Because I tried to get the mail yesterday and <laughs> paparazzi, right? It. Right in the right in the ear hole. Um <laughs> I don't know. So the point the point of what I'm saying is my husband asked me when I started taking the medication a month ago, are you gonna tell everybody? And at that moment I re- wasn't ready to have a conversation. But today's the day. Um, but today I said, you know what? I'm going to tell everybody. And and I don't know what I think it was just I was unsure, I think, because I had that moment in time where I said, you know. What are they going to think? Right. What are they going to think when I tell them that I my my job is is um, cr- <laughs> sorry, we just touch feet. <laughs> You're trying to play footsie. Sorry. <laughs> um, my you know, my job is to always talk to everybody about about letting go of the guilt and letting go of, of, um, the, these stigmas of motherhood. And I felt kind of like a sham for a second because I was like, I need help. Right. And so that worried me if we're being completely and utterly honest, it worried me because I, I felt for a second, I was like, well, I'm a sham. 
right. the, the other shoe is dropped and everybody's going to know that I have this worry, this, the, the, these constant worries. And, and I never kept my insomnia a secret. Like everybody knew that for years I've struggled with that, but I really hadn't put two and two together that my anxiety was driving my insomnia. For some reason, I ignored it for a while because I felt like, look, I've got it together. We're doing things. It's We're the working pressure. on stuff. But there's so much pressure that comes along with this as well. And, oh, thank you, Kelly. Um, she says, we love you more for sharing. I, I thank you for that. So I think, I think what we have to do is truly be honest with ourselves, be honest with our spouse, our partner, whoever we share our lives with, and make a point to go and have a conversation with the doctor. And if a doctor dismisses you, you find another. And then you find another until somebody will listen to you because I can, I can tell you that I feel dramatically better today than I did a month ago. And we were on the phone. You mm. and I had a conversation about this. Yes. Um, so, you know, like where I was headspace wise. I didn't know you were this. I didn't know you were better. I didn't want to bring it up, but I'm glad. I'm feeling every single day bits and bits better. And I'm talking myself through the anxiety when it comes. Good. So like all week I've been worried about the show in Jacksonville on Thursday, but every time I have the worry come up, I talk through it and I say, okay, I've been practicing. Right. I know my bit. I know my jokes. I've got my flashcards like a fourth grade math student. Right. I am prepared. Good for you. Not for times tables because I don't know math, but I'm prepared for my stand up bit. So I said, I just kind of <laughs> have been talking myself through it and I, and, and then I play my meditation app and I kind of decompress for a second and that has been really helpful. Um, yes. So, yeah. So I thought maybe we could take a caller from somebody who's currently struggling or has struggled. And maybe you could tell us your tips and tricks for how you've been getting through it. I think it's more common in women because a lot of times the the woman is the primary caregiver to the children. And so the stress of that. And also our brains are yeah. completely different. Yes. They're like crazy lightning strikes uh, just going back and forth just we got to figure everything out we got to do everything blah, 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 blah. and i think we just become overwhelmed during this season because we're already thinking about christmas gifts thanksgiving who's Ugh. hosting uh the cookie share at school the fundraiser the drop off the this the, the and and i and i think you know you talked about that reminder app <laughs> for your calendar <laughs> um, i think our reminder apps are going off nonstop right starting now because I'm already right now, I'm already worried about Halloween because it's like, well, I haven't we haven't even started costumes yet. I'm such a procrastinator, though, that like that's how I like to live my life. I don't like to plan ahead. And so the, October 30th, I'll be like, OK, guys, what are we <laughs> going to do for Halloween? What do you want to be? And then <laughs> okay, I, guys. I run into the Halloween store like and then I'm pissed that the shelves are empty and I'm like, God, the world hates me. Why is this? Uh, but it's my fault. You know what oh, I mean? Because I wait. So you're going to be a scarecrow and a ghost <laughs> because that's what was left on the shelf. A woodstock. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You guys will get that joke later. Yep. So another thing is when I have anxiety and stuff and I'm trying to talk myself through it, I always ask myself, okay, what am I afraid of? Mm. So, for example, if it's my kids getting in the car with my mother-in-law, I freak out because if she were to get into an accident and hurt them, I'd never be able to forgive her. I'd never be able to move on with my life. Like, I obsess about it. So I'm mm -hmm. like, what am I afraid of? A car accident. Why am I afraid of it? Because I would miss my kids. Is this a realistic fear? Is this you know, what is the likelihood that this is going to happen? I have to literally talk myself down off the ledge in those moments, but asking why and when and where to myself really helps. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Break it down. Yeah, I agree. Get to the root of the fear. Yeah. So do we have a caller? I'll be shocked. Nobody's calling in? We don't have any callers with anxiety really? about holidays. Nobody's got... The phone's broken. The phone must be broken. You guys love to call in. What's going on? That's I'll call. <laughs> no, I um I would be very surprised because I was talking to my um on a live the other day about how sadly like anxiety seems to be the new normal like state of mind. Mm. Maybe it's just my followers, but no, um, no, no, no. But with the world the way it is, everything's so fast paced and there's so much expectation. And when you look on social media, all these moms have their cute carved white pumpkins. And their little cat ears that they got for $95,000. <laughs> and then, you know what I mean? Over at my house, there's nothing. 
like no planning whatsoever. So the comparing yourself to what other people. Oh, well, we talked about that before. You can't, you can't spend your time c- comparing in that sense. Cause that'll just drive you completely up a wall. Right. But it does, it, it happens. Create anxiety. Yes. Um, when you see everybody else prepping and you're like, wait, I'm not ready. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It, it is. It is really tough. Cause you do that inventory check then. And you're like, uh, what day is it again? Oh, it's the day before Thanksgiving and there's no turkey. So I have a question that mm-hmm. is kind of taking us back to like what we were talking, what you were talking about in the beginning with your third child. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you've talked about this before, so I'm hoping that by bringing it up, it's not a big deal, but mm-hmm. you know how you were concerned, um, about the feelings of depression and anxiety and everything with your kid, your third kid, you found out you were pregnant then isn't doesn't your son have something that requires a little bit more attention my my son's autistic he has a a traumatic brain injury from birth your this is the third pregnancy yeah. that you went to get right so what happened at that point after having him and going through this i i I caught myself having massive anxiety because I believed that because I didn't want to have him, that that's what happened. <gasps> wow. So then I wrapped that up. Right. Cause wow. I was like, obviously it's because I was hesitant for having him that he was born with a birth injury. And then subsequently down the road was um, diagnosed with autism. So I ate that. I ate that guilt for, How'd you get for past a, it? eventually I, that's when I went back to the doctor and started seeing, seeing somebody again, but it was, it was extremely difficult to have an autism diagnosis and then, and just be thinking to myself, you didn't want him anyway. Look what you did. Look what you did. And that's not, that's not logical, right? That's not, um, Oh, they were trying to call. Look at that. I knew it. Shame. I was shame on them and not on you. Millions of them have been trying to get through. <laughs> they try well, to maybe make it like f- we don't have friends. I know. I was like, gosh, I'm I was feeling kind of, some type of way. I'm, I'm like, feeling this some is anxiety. <laughs> I really am. I was starting to sweat. My pits are wet. I'm like, we gotta keep oh! talking. Somebody's gonna call. Okay, it. so that's okay. So if we can get if we can get a caller back for the last segment, then that's you guys oh, can we, call myself. I think we got one. I think we got good for the love of all things holy. <laughs> all right. But anyway, yes. No. So I did feel that way. And then, of course, I had a whole other we started doing family therapy. Oh, good idea. uh, Because with my son's diagnosis, that was really tough. That was tough on our marriage. Was it the diagnosis or the family therapy? No, the the diagnosis, which led to having some therapy sessions and different things. Got it. Because because we both took it differently. Really? Yeah. That we we both it was just it was it was hard for him to admit that there was something different about about Brian. And I just wanted, I wanted somebody to tell me that, like, what, what do we do? And right. how do we fix this? Fix the solution. And there was I mean, no, there's no fix. Problem. So, yeah, well, yeah, find the solution. That's what And I meant. we couldn't. And so, oh. and believe me now, we've, we've done, he's doing great and we're yeah. doing great. Um, but we still go to therapy. Oh, good for you. We, we go every other week. We go every other week. I, I go with Brian and sometimes we go in with him. Other times it's just him by himself and we... We, we go and we talk things out and it's great for all of us because he needs that and we need that. And, uh, it's not easy. Okay. We have one of the million people trying to get through Bonnie from, I just had this conversation last night on my live. How do you say it? Oregon or Oregon? Oregon. Oregon. Hi, Bonnie from Oregon. You have two kiddos and one on the way. Congratulations. Yay, congrats. Thank you so much. How are you? I am doing great. I'm so excited to be on the show. Yes, we're excited. Well, tell us what's going on. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to talk in a little bit about the anxiety thing and how awesome it is that you guys are bringing this to light because I think... A lot of stay-at-home moms feel like we don't deserve to be anxious or depressed. Mm. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. Oh, right? go ahead. Because, you know, there's so many people that have it so much harder. So who are we to right. have the luxury to feel bad about taking care of our kids or not having friends because we chose to stay at home, right? So I think that there's a lot of guilt that comes with anxiety and it's so refreshing when people 
kind of say, Hey, this is me too, because you're like, Oh, okay. It's normal. <laughs> yes. That is such a great point that, that you brought up. That is an amazing point. I'm so glad you got through. Uh, yeah, and the phones are, are miraculously working again, because I'm telling you that right there is the, the, what's the word? What's give me a word. light bulb, uh, light fireflies bulb moment, Just, because seriously, what you said is, is so accurate. Um, we, we, <laughs> we, we choose to have children, right? Like, you know, right. I, I chose to have children. So why should I be feeling this way? I chose to get married. Why should I be feeling this way? I chose to stay home. Why should I be feeling this way? Because it's, 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 it's normal. It happens. Being a mom is the hardest damn job on the planet. All you do all day long are, are basically like you live in a pressure cooker and it, it does happen. It does happen. And we have to talk about that. So thank you for saying that you, nobody earns <laughs> you don't earn depression or anxiety it's a result right. of of the overwhelm and angst that comes with things and and i i think that that's just so true what you said thank yeah. you and i really yeah. quick about being a stay-at-home mom i i feel like unless you are one you don't understand there's a common misconception that all we do is lay on the couch and play with babies and watch daytime tv and it's the opposite of that. My husband would come home and be like, why is the house messy? You've been home all day. And I'm like, you don't know what it's like. Yeah. Yeah. But, th but you don't. Um, I'm, a been there. I'm a military veteran and this job right Ooh. now, staying at home, I would like hands down, no question, go back in the military to relieve stress. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now that's a statement about motherhood. Wow. Thank right? you. Thank like, you for your service. Military, it's fine. Yeah, thank you for <laughs> your that? service. But that was some oh, honesty. She just brought some legit Thanks. straight up honesty here. I would go back into the military for a relaxing day. I would rather put my hand on a hot stove. <laughs> oh, my twice. gosh. I know. But that's true. That is you're you're completely, completely accurate and spot on with that. I'm so glad you got through. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you thank you. Thank you so much for calling in, Bonnie. You guys have a great day. You, you too. too. Bye. Gosh, that was so accurate. She would go back for She relaxation. said she'd go back into the military to get some relaxation. Oh my that's gosh. hardcore. She's like that, but that's so true. Right? Well, I don't know. I've never been in the service, well, but what from I, what I've seen, I mean, movies, like, I mean, like going back to work or I'm going lazy. to do something else. Yeah. It, you know what I'm saying? Like if you're a, if you've, if you've ever been a stay at home mom and worked outside the home, it's like yes. where moms say, I got to go back to work. Yeah. This is not for That was me. me. Yeah. So that's, so that's, I think what she was getting at. She's just, no, I know. Hardcore. I love what she said. <laughs> She's hardcore. It. But then the more I thought about it, you know, I imagine the extreme war scenes from because movies. That's She's what we do. Bullets. That's what we do <laughs> because our brains are just warped. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. So we are going to transition to talk about love and marriage. Are we? We are. Those are my favorite subjects. Yeah. Just kidding. Love and Marriage is brought to you by Meredith and I, because we are both spectacular wives. Mm -hmm. We are. Me especially, because <laughs> I don't think making out is gross. It's gross. Unlike you. <laughs> Super gross. Okay, so this is a good one today, because this is important if you are experiencing any of the things that we talked about earlier. How do you communicate with your significant other about it? Mm. Uh, um, the mental stress that you're feeling. Because for me personally, I feel like my husband was so used to my complaining on a daily basis that he tended to tune it out or think that I was over-exaggerating about things. And it wasn't until I sat him down and said, hey, I just left the doctor's office. Turns out I have postpartum depression. This is what I need from you during this time. Mm -hmm. Because no offense to any men out there, but I, for the most part, they can't read our minds. And sometimes things have to be broken down for them. So same with my anxiety and everything. I told him, this is what it feels like. This is what I need. And things definitely changed after that. He stepped up more. He took the baby more. He realized that in order for me to be happy and quit whining so much, he had to contribute and help me with my brain. Right. Right. I absolutely agree. We do have to communicate what it is that we need. And I think it's hard too, because I don't know about you guys because I've not really spent any time with like with your husband or us as couples, but I'm Dave and I are polar opposites and I don't know if you guys are polar opposites, but 
my husband and I are polar opposites. So I, <laughs> a perfect, a perfect example of this, uh, would be, we were in the car the other day and I had been obsessing over what we were having for dinner for like three days. And I got nervous because I felt like he wasn't going to the grocery store and he had promised me that he was going to cook on Monday and I never saw him go to the grocery store. <laughs> so I was like, what are, and so like literally on Saturday, I talked to him about what we were eating on the, what we were going to eat on Monday. On Sunday, I asked two or three times what we were going to be eating on Monday. On Monday morning, I asked why he still hadn't gone to the grocery store and if we were going to be eating on Monday. And um, finally, he was just like, I don't know why you're so concerned about what it is that we're eating on Monday, right. but I am going to take care of it. And I told you I'm going to take care of it, but I couldn't let it go. Right. I just couldn't let it go. I was like, I needed is to it know. You didn't trust him being in charge of it. It made me so incredibly anxious because I didn't see him to go to do it. And I felt like our nighttime routine is so insane that I it felt like something was going to like the sky would fall if I didn't know what in the hell we were going to have for dinner. Wow. And it drove me nuts because I was like, well, I know I have to go get Sophia from gym gymnastics. He has to take the boys to go see his mother. We have to feed us and Trey and Eric because they come over on Monday nights. And it was just one of those things where it was just like it ran it ran it ran and so he finally looked at me and he was like listen you have to start letting some of these things go mm. and if I tell you that I'm gonna go grocery shop for this I'm promising you that there will be food on the table and so I was like I, I know I know and he's like no you don't know because you still think I'm not gonna come home with dinner he's like so you need to stop and you need to just take a second. And so I was, so I started to talk myself down and talk mm. myself through it. But I let three days of my life was consumed with what we were having for dinner on Monday. Well, I see it between you two now. Like there are times where you're like me and you get really anxious and worried about things. And he is kind of like the calm voice of reason in those times. Like, don't get me wrong. I know he probably drives you crazy, but I have seen the way he's <laughs> able to talk to you. And in that moment, bring you back to reality, bring you back down to earth. And it's huge to have somebody around you like that. Well, he's, he's great. It's just, I think sometimes it's hard because it's an extra stressor on your marriage. So the right. anxiety can just can weigh on that just like it does with your parenting or at work or with friends. And so I think we just have to remember to, to continue to communicate in those times because our spouses are, are our partners are on the same team. Yeah. And I explained to my husband, because they don't get it. If you've never experienced anxiety, you just seem dramatic. And mm -hmm. what he didn't understand was it's not for attention. It's in my brain. And I told him, it's like, you know, that feeling when you're walking around a corner and someone jumps out to scare you, it's literally that feeling all day long over and over again for no reason whatsoever. Right. You can feel it inside of you. Yeah. It like, it like. There's like a reverberation, if that's a real word, in your body where you can actually feel it like it makes you feel senses. I yeah. don't know that I'm saying this right, but do you know what I mean? <laughs> I like, know what you mean. You literally feel things in your body or you get that like drop stomach. Yeah. Like if get, you're leaning back in a chair. Yep. And, I get the drop like, stomach the chair's going to fall. Yep. Yep. That feeling of catching yourself before you fall. Like it's just over and over again all day long. And it can nothing. be the most random thing that yeah. really in the scheme of things makes no difference right but you can find yourself obsessing over it and yeah. so I have to I have I have been talking myself through talking myself through and I think the problem is the more stress that comes into my life the more I have those spells of massive anxiety right because there have been times where I felt like we're good things are good and then you know, something big lands on my plate and then it's just like, oh my gosh, how, how am I going to be able to do this and that and this and that? Yes. I'm so. constantly looking around for an adult to make my decisions for me <laughs> because I can't do it. I'm not ready. Like it's, you know, life changing decisions on a daily basis that I'm in charge of making. So then I, and it seems crazy. Like, why should I be making this decision? Right. <laughs> what authority do I have? How did I get here? So why is it my turn to do this? <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do this right now. So, yeah, so I agree, but I, I, I don't think we can take callers cause I think we lost everybody. We yeah? broke it. We broke the interweb. Okay. So then we're gonna, we're gonna, I guess, wrap her up. Okay, so in closing then, in closing, what have we learned today? We have learned that mental health, whatever it is, 
guarantee you it's normal. Mm -hmm. Um, There's somebody out there who's experiencing the same thing. And the best way to get through it is to go through it. And that's with professional help, the support of your loved ones around you. There's literally no shame in getting help. And anybody who makes you feel bad or guilty for feeling the way that you do is not the kind of person you want in your corner anyway. And so in order to be the best mom parent that you can be, addressing the issues that are keeping you from doing that is crucial. So well said. Thank you. I felt like it was really well said. That like when I was saying so it, I was spot like, on. please let this keep flowing. This sounds really good. It, but no, but you, but I, I think <laughs> you hit the nail on the head and I know that as long as one person out there who downloads this and listens took the information that they needed from this podcast, this was a, a raving success because people need to know they're not alone. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. And, you know, we're technically the coolest people on the planet. We're world famous Oscar winning uh, actresses. Uh. And even we struggle. Right. So we're your, you know what I mean? We're celebrities and <laughs> you keep saying that. Like you think it's going to make it happen. Then. Put it out in the universe. We're celebrities. <laughs> Um, they know I'm kidding. Yeah. They know that I beg people when I'm in the grocery store. I try to make eye contact with people like, do you know who I am? Say oh hi my to me. Gosh. Ask me for an autograph. I got stopped do. in the store the other day and they said, oh, you're that girl who's friends with Tiffany. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yes. Yes, I am. She's okay. I paid them to say Yeah. That. No, legit. She looked at me and looked at me up and down and was like, yeah, yeah. You know that Tiffany girl that I like to follow on the internet. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm, You're her little friend. I go, yeah, I have a page too. She goes, oh, well, tell Tiffany I said hi. <laughs> I was like, take your yogurt. Get the hell That's out of here, That's so lady. funty. Touching all the yogurt and the dairy aisle. Yes, I'm Gross. totally kidding about all the stuff I said no, before. No, teasing. Except for the Oscars. Right. I did well, win one that of those. Happened. But. Okay, so thank you so much for hanging out with us. Join us next week for another edition of Take It or Leave It, where we give parentish, advice-ish, information-ish. Anything with an ish on the end of it, we will chat about. We got you. So you can find me at thatsinappropriate.com. <laughs> you can find me at jugglingthejenkins.com. And have a great week. We go, love you. Go download our stuff. All of it. Every last one of them. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs>